Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 245 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Paige Acevedo. Paige lives in Carrollton, Texas, and she is the coordinator of recruiting and retention for a school district, and she's also a realtor. Welcome, Paige. Hi, Jen. Thank you. Well, I love to talk to someone in the education field, someone from a Carrollton, since I lived in Carrollton, Georgia for five years. And uh, we were talking before the show, I was a realtor very briefly for one year. So (laughs) we have a lot in common. Yeah. If there's anything you haven't done. (laughs) Well, <laughs> it feels like you've done a lot of different things. You know, I've just always been a hustler. I've always worked really hard. I was that person who had like five jobs. You know, it was like one one year when I was a teacher. I also worked at Circuit City and I sold 
like stereos to people so I could buy a new bedroom set. I mean, that was just the way I lived, right? Yeah. (laughs) But I have a lot of experiences, but I I love them, you know, and I always enjoyed everything that I did. Yeah. Whether I was selling somebody a answering machine, remember those? Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I didn't know anything about answering machines. I'd had to like fake it till you make it, right? That was me at Circuit City. Anyway, you know, I love to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So a friend actually introduced me to intermittent fasting at the end of March in 2021. My original first day fasting was March 28th of 2021. And I have fasted every day since then, some longer than others. Right. But absolutely have kept track of that. I had dinner with my friend, Alicia, and we hadn't seen each other in a while. If you think about March of 2021, we were through the dark period of the pandemic. So we were all kind of starting to venture out and see people again. I walked into the restaurant to meet her for dinner and she was really thin in a healthy way, right? right? Like her skin was glowing and her hair looked amazing and just proportionally like her whole body was smaller. You know, I love what you said that she was thin in a healthy way because we've all seen people who have lost a lot of weight and they just don't look healthy. You know, that was me when I did low fat in the early nineties, I was super duper thin, thinnest I've ever been in my adult life. And I just didn't look good. Yeah. But she was just glowing with health and you knew you wanted some of that. Absolutely. And then we sat down and ordered dinner. And of course, we were eating Mexican food because we're in Texas. That's what we do. Right. And she ordered some delicious enchilada, something with a taco with the queso all over it. And I ordered a salad, which again was delicious. And I do love salads, but I ordered that because that was the healthy thing I should order. And then I watched her devour this plate of food. And, and I just kept saying, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Like, how are you eating that? And um, she, she just said, listen, I'll tell you, but she kind of got defensive. And she said, you have to read a book. If I tell you about this, if we have this conversation, you have to promise me you will read this book. And I was like, well, fine. I, I read all the time. I'm an avid reader. And it was your book. It was Fast Feast Repeat. And it wasn't long after it had come out because she she did tell me that Delay Don't Deny was your first book and this was your second book. And I got in the car after dinner and got on Audible and downloaded it and started listening to it. And I'm pretty sure that dinner was on a Thursday night and my first fast was on Sunday. Love it. You just were like, I'm ready to go. Devoured it. Loved the 28 day fast star, really embraced that concept of getting my fast under control, getting clean fasting from the beginning. And, you know, one thing you said that absolutely connected with me, a lot of things, but the one thing you said was that our bodies are not our enemies. Right. Our, like, we have to not look at our body as something that where there's something wrong with us. And I remember listening to that and I was tearing up in my car because I have struggled with weight, absolutely struggled with body image. You know, I grew up in the, in the nineties, you know, came out through the thin supermodel 
Cindy Crawford. Yes, Kate Moss. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of wafy. And I don't look like that. And I never have. And I, I never did. Even growing up, I always was a little curvier and carried weight through my hips and my rear and just kind of went straight from a girlish figure into a womanly figure. Me too. I was a waif when I was young. I was a year younger than everybody else because I skipped a grade. So I was a year younger and like bony, skinny, that kind of bony. Then I hit puberty and bam, I had curves. Yeah. And I'm like, where'd these thighs come from? Right. You know, because I was used to being like the skinny, skinny, skinny person. And then I was curvy and it it did feel different. But yeah, I never could be wafy again. Yeah. And, you know, it made everything harder. It made shopping right. harder. It made fitting in with the the clothing trends. It made that harder because they didn't make cute teenager clothes for girls my size. So then I kind of bumped into the women's department and then I didn't want to look like my mom. You know, I wanted oh, yeah. to. Like no more junior department, right? We did not. The junior department, like I can remember when I had to go from the odd sizes to the even sizes because the even sizes fit that womanly body better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that store, 579? You know, I don't think we had that store. I don't remember that one. What was the 579 where there's the prices? Those were the sizes. Sizes. Oh, no, no, no. And they sometimes carried threes, you know, for the teeny tinies. And then they sometimes carried 11s. And I was immediately an 11. Oh. Immediately. No, I don't remember 579, but that sounds awful. That sounds like a mean store. It was a mean store. (laughs) Terrible idea. Terrible marketing idea. So you, you were struggling as a teen. I absolutely did. And of course, I tried, you know, calorie restriction, tried running, you know, I would go for a week eating only salads and then inevitably, you know, eat the pint of ice cream at night. You know, I just I just couldn't sustain that. And then going through college, I, of course, gained weight as we all do. And I did find some weight loss success in college um, doing a basically a Weight Watchers program that incorporated Bible study. Okay. And, you know, they talked a lot about like substitutions, food substitutions. So, you know, substituting whole milk for 2% milk and how many calories could you save there? It was kind of in that late 90s. So there was still a lot of the low fat, the snack wells, the Uh, applesauce instead of butter and your whatever it was, muffins. Yes. Yes. Lots of those kind of recipe substitutions. And then once I got out into the real world, I just was so tired of that always thinking about food, always thinking about weight that I just said, you know what? I'm just going to love me for me, right? And this was kind of moving into that body positivity movement that I think we're probably still very much in the middle of. Oh yeah. And so then it was, I don't care. Right. I'm going to be me, I'm going to be curvy, I'm going to embrace it. And you know, then I mean the weight just really came on and I just dabbled in weight watchers. I did Whole30 a couple of times, and it really wasn't until after, ironically, after I had my first, my son, I have a son and a daughter, after Evan was born, I actually lost the baby weight. I really? was smaller than I was before I got pregnant. And what year was that? Evan was born in 2006. Okay. Yeah. So I'd started making some better eating choices because my husband is a fairly healthy eater. He doesn't really like sweets. He doesn't like fast food. So, you know, I was, I was making better decisions. I actually trained for a half marathon. So I was running a lot. 
I was doing spin at like 5.30 in the morning um, consistently for about a year. And, you know, I was able to sort of maintain, but I never, it was never easy. And how, what was your size around that time? So I maintained between a 10 and a 12 between that period, but I probably weighed in the 160s to 170s. So, you know, again, I carried weight, but I wasn't obese. Right. How tall are you? I'm 5'4". Okay. Yeah, I'm 5'4", and I'm I'm 43 right now. You look fabulous. I can see you. (laughs) Thank you. you. I'm almost 53. By the time this comes out, I'll be 53. So I got 10 years on you. Yes, I won't have a birthday yet whenever yeah. this comes out. So I'll still, I'll still be 43. So I worked out all the time, but I was really tired of it being hard. I was tired right. of always thinking, what am I going to eat? When am I going to eat it? Am I going to make a good choice? What program do I have to start next week? You know, what, oh my gosh, is, is this the right bread? Is this the right pasta? It was just, it, it was all encompassing. Well, you know, that's exactly how it was for me during those struggle years. I w- I always had, even though like you, you were you were trying to embrace this just how I am. Like I would kind of seesaw between those thoughts. This is just how I am. I'm just gonna be bigger. It's it's, it's what I want to do. I just I don't want to fight with all this. I'm tired of thinking about it. Then I would seesaw to the other side and I'm like, yeah, but here's a program I haven't tried yet. Yeah. Or a friend would try something. And like, I can remember there was one that was like all the rage, all the teachers were doing it where we would go, what was it called? The Howard diet. I don't know if I've ever talked about this one, but everybody was doing it. All the teachers all around the county were doing it. And you went and you went once a week and it was, I don't know, you ate a thousand calories a day and they gave you a shot of something I don't know that was supposed to help. And they would weigh you in and you ate these chips. I don't know. And like one day a weekend was, I think they called it cheat day. One day a weekend was cheat day. So it was a thousand calories every single day, except for that one weekend cheat day. And we all were doing it. I didn't lose any weight. (laughs) It was just, but I paid a lot of money. But then you're like, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing it? Then you give up again. So you were kind of in that same cycle. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. 
Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. I absolutely was. I absolutely was. And I... I know my weight absolutely went up during the pandemic, but, you know, really for us and my family, even a little bit before that, at the end of 2019, my husband went through a really just hard job transition and I was absolutely stressed. There's no question about it. Um, Probably had some maybe undiagnosed depression Mm -hmm. that I was dealing with just kind of on my own and with my community and, you know, with my family And I really didn't think a thing of it. I didn't think about anything that I was eating. I just ate whatever I wanted. And we all drank too much during the pandemic, for sure. And so when, I guess, by the time Alicia and I had that dinner, I knew I needed to do something. I knew it was time. And I just think it was, it was, you know, it was God's timing. It was the right time for you. And I had actually heard of intermittent fasting before a blogger that I absolutely love. You know, I guess they're called influencers now. <laughs> I didn't know that we didn't call them bloggers anymore. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, so, I'm trying to keep up, but it's getting hard. <laughs> so I love her. Um, love her content. What's her name? Her name is Cassie. She is high. Her, her blog is called High Sugar Plum. And um, she actually lives not far from me. And I've, I've actually run into her in real life before. Oh, that's fun. Which is crazy. Uh, but I, I love her content. I just relate to her so much. She talked about it and does it. But she is of the school that you can have a little coffee and creamer in your coffee. And, you know, as long as it doesn't have 50 calories, it doesn't make <laughs> you fast. So she says I, she's doing it the hard way. <laughs> I think so, right? We all know that. We know the secret. So I, I did try that for a week or so, but of course I was still putting creamer in my coffee and Mm -hmm. drinking a sugary beverage. And so I was starving by the time lunch rolled around and that piece of it didn't work for me. But once Alicia said it, and then I listened to you and I understood, okay, it was, that is what was making it hard. And it was, it was a lot of difference the, the next time you tried, right? Absolutely. Just night and day difference. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. People sometimes don't realize, I mean, they may think they're fasting clean and then they're really, really struggling. Like there was someone in the community the other day who was having a really, really hard time. And gosh, I can't remember what it was that we figured out that she was having. Oh, I know what it was. She was going to Starbucks and ordering green tea. Okay. Because okay. we know green tea is perfectly fine during the clean fast. So she thought she was fasting clean. And she's like, I don't know why I can never make it past 16. I'm struggling. This is so hard. All I'm having is, and then she said, you know, green tea and water. And the Starbucks green tea she was having, she looked at the ingredients and it had spearmint and something else. And it was basically a party in your mouth. I mean, natural flavors, probably some kind of sweetener. I don't even know. But now she stopped having that tea and it's like changing everything. So 
<laughs> and we've also found that to be ca- the case, people who think they're doing the clean fast, they're like, all I'm having is cold brew coffee. And then they'll look and it's got citric acid and natural flavors. And it's just astonishing, but it, it really is like night and day. So anybody who's listening, if you're struggling with the fast and it's hard, 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 really look more closely at what you're having. There might be something you think is green tea or you think is black coffee, and it really isn't. There's yeah. my lesson today. The teacher came out. Sorry. <laughs> no, I feel like anything that is saying it's cold brew, but you're buying it at a, in a bottle, right? They've made it for you before it gets to you is probably bad news. Yeah. And they put weird stuff in there and, and especially they hide it with the, the natural flavors. There's one brand specifically that apparently I've never had it, but it's apparently especially delicious <laughs> and it's got, you know, natural flavors right there on the label. And I swear they're adding something that adds sweetness. Yeah. But, you know, they can hide a lot of things in that natural flavors. I mean, shoot, sugar is a natural flavor, really. Who knows? <laughs> but I don't think they're hiding sugar, but I think they're adding some kind of, you know, maybe zero calorie sweetener. But so you started, it was March of 2021. How did you start? I was a kind of build up to it person, but honestly, I got to 24 pretty quickly. You know, I started at 16.8 for a couple of days. I actually did go back and look at my fast um, just to kind of refresh my memory. So it was really two or three days at 16.8. And then I was at 18.6. And then it was 19. And then it was 20 and 22. And um, I've kind of embraced the OMAD. um, And I'm I'm a late afternoon eater. um, So I generally don't open my window until at three o'clock, really at the earliest. Unless my body's telling me differently. Correct. Yeah, I love that. Because sometimes that happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I I really kind of embraced what you said about 28 days. I did all the pictures. I did the measurements. Um, and it, it was really fun. To, it has been fun this first year, you know, kind of watching it all go down. I can say as far as struggles go, I'm, I'm probably about... <laughs> I'm a little, I'm eight pounds as of this morning, eight pounds higher than my lowest weight. So I started at 165 Mm -hmm. and the lowest I got down to was 138. Okay. My goal is 135, but it's literally just a number I made up (laughs) because I didn't know. I don't like, I don't even know how much I'm supposed to weigh. So you're right around 146 right now. Is that what? I am 146 this morning. Okay. Okay. And it has been, I do daily weigh and then I just look at the trend, right? I, I don't let it derail my day. I don't let it frustrate me. I've gotten to where I can almost tell you when I get out of bed, what the scale is going to (laughs) say. You can just feel it in your body. Like I can feel it. I'm like, okay, it's going to be 148 this morning. I just, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, I ate Chick-fil-A for dinner last night, which I did. And, um, it's, it's going to be a little bit higher. Like I'm re I ate the fries and I mm-hmm. ate a regular sandwich because it's yep. good. So when did you hit that lowest of 138? I hit the lowest of 138 in, where are we? July. It, it was right around March. Okay. So about a year in. About a year in. Yep. And at that point I was pretty consistently doing 20 hour fast, four hour window, you know, had really tightening it up. I had also started delaying alcohol pretty much only on the weekends. I was having one or two drinks 
And when I got to that 138, I thought, okay, I'm here. It's only three pounds. I'm going to delay alcohol until, until it comes off. Like it's going to come off in like a week. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that's right. just what I thought that did not happen, <laughs> but I have continued to delay alcohol. So I am 248 days sober. Awesome. Okay. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It, it feels, it feels really good. And I feel like just like growing up in that culture of skinny, skinny model, and then the culture shifts to complete body positivity. I think there's been a huge, um, mommy alcohol wine culture. Yes. Really, um, taken hold of my generation of moms. Yes. And I'm, I'm right in that same generation of moms. Yeah. It got me. I mean, I won't lie. Like the, I deserve this glass of wine tonight. And like the the big glass that holds a whole bottle, right? That joke. We've seen that. And like, I can remember, I mean, it's been a long time since I did this, but buying by the box, like a box of wine. Yep. And then you have no idea how much you drank. Like I immediately knew that was a bad idea. Like I was like, okay, I cannot buy boxes of wine. I need to have a bottle so I can see what's happening. Yes. Yes. And I think I definitely bought into that, into Mm -hmm. the concept, into the lifestyle. And I think I probably got myself lost a little bit in that. And I think the clarity that has come through intermittent fasting and the ability for my body to regulate all the things it's regulating right, and heal and process the food and then go get that pure, clean energy that we feel when we're, you know, I think those of us that have been doing it for a while, like you can feel it when your body switches. Oh, you can. Yeah. Like, okay, we're done with last night's dinner. Now we're working on your extra that you got on your rear end. Like that's what we're working on right now. That feeling and that energy is so much cleaner. And I feel like my mental clarity is so much more intense. I'm more productive And what I was finding is even with a couple of glasses of wine on the weekends or a margarita with dinner on Friday or whatever, that was diminished the next morning because not only was I a little hungover, right? A little foggy. Then I was starving. Yeah. It keeps you from flipping that metabolic switch because your body works on the alcohol first and then got your food to work on. But by that point, you know, you're already deeper in. So it really makes a difference for me as well. Hungrier the next day, feeling foggy. You're exactly right. Yeah. So even though, I guess my moral of my alcohol story is, even though it's been a really long time since I've I've had a drink, my weight is eight pounds higher than it was when I made the decision to not drink and I still feel like it was the right decision. Yeah. Well, that's important. So did your size change between that 138 and 146? Like, did you have to buy bigger clothes when you were eight, now that you're eight pounds heavier, or are you still wearing the same clothes? I am still wearing the same clothes. See, that's the moral of the story too. That's the second Uh moral of the story. You know, you, you didn't get any bigger in size. No. Right. No. Not at all. And that's important. (laughs) I I do. I have one pair of gold pants. They're the cutest white jeans and they have a really cute wedge, you know, little like boot cut heel that I really wanted to get into this summer. So I bought them a size smaller and those are, 
I haven't gotten into those yet, but that's why they're gold pants, right? There you go. They're good. But I had a hunch just listening to you that you might not have gotten a lot bigger. It's just the eight pounds because that's the craziest part of it. And so when people see their weight increase on the scale, but their size stays the same, there's that body recomposition. So you're building muscle and you probably slowly continue to burn some fat and build the muscle. So your your body composition is different and it it so it's used evened out in your clothes, but the scale went up. Right. Whereas, you know, the story I've told a million times when I finally stopped weighing because that whole year that I went down two jean sizes and I thought I would be down at least 10 pounds on the scale and I wasn't, but I was down two jean sizes. And so my body had clearly shrunk, but my weight didn't go along with it. It made me so mad. So this is just a really good indication of the scale does not tell the whole story. Because you could be like, what's wrong? Why am I gaining weight? And really what you're doing is gaining muscle or even your bone density could be going up. Yeah, that could totally be what happened. It is happening, Jen. That's yeah. what's happening. Well, you know, somebody in the community was talking about recently they'd had a DEXA scan and their bone density had gone up. That's amazing. It's amazing what our bodies will do when we give it the opportunity to do it. That's right. And the whole, you know, we have higher levels of human growth hormone during the fast. So that leads to building the bone, building the muscle. And, you know, then we nourish our bodies well during the eating window and we have all the building blocks that we need. And it really is amazing how our bodies can take care of us. Yeah, absolutely. I also experienced kind of during that early pandemic, um, I started having some heart palpitations, like my heart was really fluttering um, and it was happening while I was literally laying down on the couch, completely relaxed, not exercise induced or any of those things. And I do have a history of a condition called WPW. It's basically an irregular heart rhythm in in my family. Um, So there was absolutely a concern about that. So I went to a cardiologist and wore a heart monitor, and they've decided that it's pretty normal. They did think it was a little stress-related, which, yes. Makes sense. That timing was right. Yeah. Timing was absolutely right. Um, And those have been, like, that's completely gone. Oh, that's exciting. I have not, I haven't experienced a single symptom um, since then. I've also, I'm just trying to think of kind of the non-scale victories um, that have come. I'm definitely sleeping better. Like I sleep so well. I wake up in the morning and I get up early. I'm an early riser. Yeah. (laughs) I'm usually up and out before five, five thirty, somewhere around there. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not tired. I I'm tired in the evenings, but I've eaten. Right. What time do you go to bed? I usually am in bed between nine 30 and 10. Yeah. Somebody was also talking about that the other day in the community. They're like, I close my window by eight and then I can't stay awake the rest of the evening. I'm like, well, maybe you just should go to bed. Yeah. I love going. I do like going to bed full. Me too. Yeah. I've, I've thought about ADF. Right. Thought about trying that, of course, especially now as I've kind of watched the scale sort of creep back up a little bit. I've, mm-hmm. I've wondered, okay, am I experiencing maybe some insulin resistance? Am am I experiencing something that ADF might help me with? But I think I kind of have a mental. I do have a little mental block when it comes to that. Um, trying I've, it, I've done it a few times. You know, I've done a meal this Monday here and there, and then 
gotten busy or had a late meeting or something, and then it's nine o'clock and I still haven't eaten. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go to bed. So I have done that a few times, but when I've tried to wrap my brain around actually doing it and planning it and like, okay, I'm going to do this meal this Monday on Monday, right? I find myself eating too much maybe on Sunday, like in preparation, like a fear of it. Yeah. And like eating for future hunger, Mm -hmm. which is what we say we shouldn't do. And then my diet brain starts to, you know, rear its ugly head And then I just feel a little rebellious and I'm like, no, I'm not going back. I'm not going to have diet brain. I'm not going to do this. And then I'm like, never mind. I'll just eat my one meal tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's, (laughs) I actually thought about doing a meal as Monday. I didn't announce it to anyone because I didn't want to (laughs) do that in my head. Cause it was when I'd had my friends were here for the weekend and then they left and we ate like so well and I was so full and I'm like, I might just do a meal as Monday. I don't know. We'll see. And then dinner time rolled around and I was like, no, I'm hungry. I'm just going to (laughs) eat. But again, I just, I love to eat every day. I love to do it. But if I did need to lose weight, I would consider, but I think I would, I might would try the down, the 500 calorie down day option to see how that felt. It's been so long since I've done anything like that or tried it. Uh, Did you, have you ever tried it like that? I have. I felt like I was cheating and maybe, maybe that's my personality, right? I'm sort of an all or like I'm either fasting or I'm not. And I didn't like, this is so dumb and I'm announcing it to the world. I also didn't like not knowing whether or not I should hit the button on my fasting app when I was eating those 500 calories. And then I, I did because I actually discussed this with my friend Alicia and she's like, yeah, I think you should because you're, you, you are breaking the fast. Correct. Like you are breaking the fast. So you might as well. But then not getting, not seeing the achievement of the 36 hour or 40 hour on my app, it felt like, well, why did I do that? What was the point of that? (laughs) Well, let's unpack that a little bit because you know you're not the only person feeling that way, right? Hopefully I'm not. No, you're not. Island and I'm dying here. No, that is a real, real thing that people think about. And I get it. People will say, should I stop the timer? Yes. (laughs) I think you should because you want it to accurately reflect what you did and you ate. If you have a down day where you eat a 500 calorie meal, you did not do a 36 hour fast. And that's where people get really confused. Because I mean, I almost wish that we didn't call that mealless Monday when you're doing it with the 500 calorie meal because it isn't. You're not having a mealless Monday if you have a 500-calorie day. You're having a down day. And you do have a short window in there. You stop the fast. You eat the meal. You start a second fast. So, you know, they add up, but you ate in between. But it's absolutely not cheating because there's so much research on ADF and the original protocol involved 500-calorie down days. That's the original ADF. So having it as a full fast is like the newfangled version, if you think about it like that. Right. And so there's a lot of benefit to be had with the 500 calorie down day. It's not cheating, but you are eating. Yes, eating breaks a fast. You're not doing a 36 hour to 42 hour fast, but you got to be okay with that because you like to eat so you're you're doing what feels better to you because remember the the wording is tweak it till it's easy. 
Right. If you don't want to, if you don't want to do a full fast for 36 to 42 hours, then that's not easy. Yeah. So you want to find a meal that satisfies you within 500 calories and then, you know, and, and embrace that you're, you're making it feel good to you. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Well, then don't do it. I, don't, I think now, <laughs> I think now, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try it. I okay. am going to try it. I'll have to get it over my mental block. Well, get that, you get that out of your mind. Like get out of your mind that, you know, you're not showing your achievement because you will see it. You'll see a tiny little window that day. And so you'll be able to tell that that was a really short window and you'll know. And then the next day you'll have a, a, a long window for the update. And so you'll still be able to see it right there in the app and, you know, you will possibly enjoy it more with the meal. So try it. Don't be afraid of that. But there's that perfectionist mindset that people have. You're right. That's like, well, if I'm going to do it, I should eat nothing. That's, you know, quote better. And it isn't. I want everybody to get that out of their minds. This is not the fasting Olympics. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. And there's all sorts of different events, even if it was the fasting Olympics. Some people run a marathon, other people are sprinting, and everyone is running their own way. You know, the marathoners aren't looking at the sprinters saying, what's wrong with you? You know, you've just got to find the the rhythm for your own run in that. But it's still not the fasting Olympics. (laughs) I think that's one of the things that makes it hard sometimes talking about it with people is they'll say, well, when, when do you eat? What is, you know, what's your eating window? And I want to be honest and say, well, most of the time I fast for 20 hours and I eat between four and eight o'clock at night. And they just look at me crazy. And then they think, oh, I could never do that. And then I say, no, but you don't, you don't No, you're not going to do that tomorrow. Like you, you build up that. And I've been doing this for a while and this is what feels best for my body. And this does work for me. And it works for my schedule most of the time and trying to convince people that this can work for, I'd say, the majority of people in some fashion, but that it's okay to find your own path. It's okay to find what works for you. And we didn't start with a four to eight window no, or whatever. No, and they should not expect to. And it does sound crazy. Like I can remember when I was first starting out and thinking, or when I was getting to maintenance, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to want to have a longer, you know, I want to have the least amount of fasting I can have and still maintain. That was my thought at the beginning when I got to maintenance because I still had diet brain and I didn't understand fasting at all. (laughs) And I also wasn't fasting clean. But I really wanted to manipulate it so I could have, you know, the most eating possible packed into a week, the least fasting and still maintain. But now I don't feel like that at all. Yeah, I, I don't either. And I'm certainly still, I wouldn't call myself in maintenance because I'm, I am still trying to get to that trajectory because I do know I, even though my clothes still fit. You would like to be smaller. Right. I'd like to be a little bit smaller. And I think my body has it to lose. Okay. You know, if I lose these, you know, last eight to 10 pounds and I feel like it's restrictive or my body doesn't feel right, then I'll open it back up and just decide that my new set point is, I don't know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. 140 to 145 instead of 135 to 140, like trying to just find what that range is. Yeah. So. What have you tried other than not really a, a little bit of meal list days, but not a lot? Have you tried any food tweaking at all? I, yes, ish. <laughs> ish, I get it. <laughs> I, 
I do feel like there might be something going on with insulin resistance Mm -hmm. because I've started really reading it even in the last few weeks, like what does that look like? And just lately, really, since I stopped drinking, I feel like my sweet tooth has taken over. That's very normal. A lot of people report that when they stop drinking, the brain is is has been getting that from the alcohol that hit, and now you look for somewhere else for it. So you go to the ice cream or the cookies or whatever it is. So you may have kind of swapped in a little sugar more so. Like swapped out, you know, one bad habit for another. Yeah. And again, when I when I think, okay, I ate the cookie today, I ate the ice cream tonight. Tomorrow, I'm just going to have that one little piece of dark chocolate and that will close my window and that will be it and I'll be done. I find myself eating the piece of dark chocolate and then feeling diet brain take over and say, no, I only eat once a day. I'm supposed to be able to eat this. And then (laughs) I'm like, Paige, put your big girl panties on. Yeah. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it is, it's this weird This is a strange confessional from Paige Acevedo. Like, it's just this weird back and forth conversation I'm having with myself. And it it feels like an internal battle. So number one, yes, I know I need to cut out some sugar. I do know increasing my physical activity on a regular basis would probably be very helpful. It is harder, and this is not an excuse because I can find time if I choose. It is harder in the summer months just because of my job. This is our very busy season, hiring new teachers, getting them onboarded. We work we work long days, and then mine tend to be even a little bit longer because I'm trying to finish what I didn't and then get ahead for tomorrow. Um, so just the, the timing, and it's 150. 42 degrees outside. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. It's been over a hundred, I think for six days in a row. And it just feels like a sauna walking outside. I mean, so it makes it harder to do that on a regular basis. So I do think I need to incorporate that. And I've thought about doing some of the things like the Zoe study, right. like really dig in um, to see if there's other factors. Um, I have done a food sensitivity study, actually say kind of a, a, it was a blood draw and it was very interesting that it came out. Um, I probably shouldn't eat as much dairy. Um, Gluten is absolutely an inflammatory trigger for me. I, I will say I don't eat a lot of bread. That's um, not it. I kind of got rid of that during, I'm sure one of those Atkins (laughs) or Whole30. It never really quite came back. (laughs) Sort of never like, I'm not going to sit down and eat a sandwich most of the time. Although I did eat my Chick-fil-A last night. It was delicious. But again, I've just, it doesn't make me ill when I eat those things. It just might not be the healthiest decision. A little inflammatory for your body. You know, I'm going to put in a plug for those daily harvest smoothies. You know, y'all know you've heard me talk about them before, but they are just a fabulous window closing dessert that is not, like they don't have any added Sugar. When I say sugar, I mean literally sugar. They're sweetened with dates and things like bananas and things like that. But they have so many nutrients in there. And Chad and I split one. That's a like, great idea. I they, actually never thought about that. They're just fantastic. And like they have a mint chocolate, for example, mint and cacao or something. And 
I mean, it's like, okay, it's not exactly like you're having some Tillamook mint chocolate chip ice cream, which is a whole a different thing, but it has the same like pleasing sweetness feel like you're having a dessert. Yeah. And I love them and they have a lot of great flavors and it just feels like a sweet treat, but it's full of nutrients. And then I don't like want to go back and have another one or anything. Like half of one hits the spot. Okay. So give that a try. And it's really, you know, like I counted the number of plants that I ate in June and then I have forgotten to do it in July. I was going to do it in July because it's a lot of fun. Just, you know, Tim, Tim Spector recommends 30 plants a week and it's fun to count for the, for the month. And so again, like I said, I've had too many people visiting and I keep forgetting to write things down. But when I really want to see how many plants I'm eating, when I eat that daily harvest, especially the smoothie, I might have like 10 different plant foods in just one. And things yeah. you wouldn't normally have. Okay. Duly noted. Give that a try. Yeah, because I get it. You know, we want to have a little something sweet. And instead of beating ourselves up for it and feeling like we're dieting, find something you truly enjoy because that's the key. And so then you don't feel like you're restricting yourself. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. And then there is times when we probably should restrict ourselves a little bit. Well, a little bit, you know. <laughs> I delayed things for a while when I was, you know, I talk about this in Fast Feast Repeat. When I wanted to lose those last 20 pounds to get to my goal weight, I delayed ultra-processed foods, and that included sugar, and that included alcohol, and I just ate real foods. I was not restricting carbs or fat or protein or dairy or you know anything like that. I was just eating real food till I was satisfied in a fairly shortish window. And my body loved it. it. It loved having that real food. Like I didn't have a cookie, but I had berries with cream and that was delicious. And so it didn't feel like I was depriving myself. Like I never want to feel like I'm dieting and depriving myself again. Yes. I never want to weigh anything ever again. Never. I never want to count anything. I never want to enter anything into my fitness pal Yep. or like those things are like triggers for me. <laughs> I'm like a red flag, red flag, red flag. I'm running away I'm uh-huh. the other direction. 
Well, it's like when people used to ask me back in the Facebook group days, I would like post my dinner or something. And then somebody would say, how many calories is that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what else did you eat? How many calories was that? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, we want to know what you eat all day long. Would you keep track for a week and then tell us your calories and stuff? I'm like, I will not. I'm not doing that. Because I was like, what? No. Well, and then you're not even going to get an accurate picture, right? Because you try to put in, I think I've heard you talk about this before, but I totally agree in in something like the MyFitnessPal. Well, I'm holding this apple. Obviously, it's a real apple. Is this a large apple? Is this a medium apple? Oh, it's the size of my hand, my hand or my husband's hand. Right. Like whose hand are we talking about? Yeah. And then you could weigh it, I guess, and calculate it like and do like a conversion. I don't know. I don't want to do all that. Jen, I just want to watch the clock. I never want to do anything like that ever again. Then maybe Zoe is not right for you because Zoe, you are having to track all that just for the data. But not forever. No, not forever. No, yeah, just to get the data. An, I could do it for an experiment for sure, but not as a tool for weight loss, not as a, oh, I'm switching and using this new fancy diet plan. No, mm-hmm. no, I can't do it. Never again. <laughs> That's the best part because, you know, our bodies know. Our bodies are wise. It's just so funny. Sherry Bullock was here visiting. She stayed for six nights. She left this morning. And we're so different in the way we eat. Like one day we went out and had a nice brunch. And then for dinner, I, I, I made these like sandwiches with burrata and tomato and pesto and balsamic. And it, they were delicious. And we had tomato soup with it. And then after we were done, she's like, I didn't have enough protein because we didn't have any meat. Right. And then she's, she, her body needs more protein than mine. I was like, well, I'm just fine. You know, so we rustled up some meat for her out of the kitchen. And you know, then this morning I was watching, well, it was like 11. I was watching Chad eat. And we had, you know, last night was her last night here. So we had pork chops and Brussels sprouts and mashed potatoes. And we had a, a pork chop left over. And so Chad ate it for lunch today with mashed potatoes. He only ate half of the pork chop, put the other half away. So is that tomorrow's lunch? I don't know when he's going to eat that pork chop. Probably <laughs> tomorrow with something. But the point is that if we were all trying to follow some macro plan, that would be ridiculous. Sherry's body tells her she needs more protein. Me and Chad, I don't know what's what's up with us, but we we're like, we don't want a lot of meat. Yeah, again, and you do that and we can all do a similar thing with intermittent fasting. Exactly. No counting required. No counting So do you talk about intermittent fasting with other people? You tell them about it? I do. I try not to lead with it. I don't, it's kind of a, um, a mood killer sometimes, (laughs) right? Kind of, kind of the same conversation of no, I'm not having a drink right now. Automatically. Everyone thinks that, you know, I'm, I'm no fun Susie all of a sudden. I know that's not even true. (laughs) Not true. It's not true, by the way. I've probably been around all of my friends that are listening and they had no idea what was in my glass. Right. But yes, I do talk about it. Again, I talk about it when when it feels appropriate and I don't push. It does break my heart sometimes when I see someone struggling and I feel like this could help them, but I don't want to be that person that throws it at them or pushes it on them or makes it feel that way. Um, kind of the same thing with my family. They've all watched me do all these crazy diets my whole life. And they probably still think that I'm crazy right now for doing intermittent fasting. So I haven't, I haven't quite wrangled them all in just yet. But I do have several friends at work that are doing it and have found success. And 
that's helped give me a little, a little community. And then my friend, Alicia, we still, you know, back and forth. And um, when, you know, when people ask, I, I do share, I was on um, Graham's podcast, The Fasting Highway. I love Graham. Months ago. So he was, he was fantastic. Um, so once I shared that story, that was, that was kind of my outing of myself moment, like on Facebook, right? I hadn't said anything. I, I didn't, didn't want to be that jump on my bandwagon girl. But when the podcast came out, I did feel like, okay, I'm at a place where I feel like this is successful. I've maintained it for a while and I did share. So I've gotten some really cool feedback from friends that saw that, have done the research, have read the book. Um, have started and it's been fun. It's been fun, but yeah, I talk about it when necessary. But I it, try. And it is hard to not push it. It is, especially when you see someone and they're they're struggling and they've got all these issues and issues that I had, right? You know, they're they're not sleeping well or they don't feel like their skin looks great or you know. And I'm just like, no, this will help you. And they're like, oh no, I have to eat. I look for any way to bring it into a conversation. Sherry and I were at the liquor store. She was buying some tequila when she first got here. And the lady, the, the liquor store was like, well, she was looking for a certain brand of tequila that they didn't have. And I don't know anything about tequila. I'm just like, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> you asked the lady. And the lady was like, and this one works with keto. And we're like, we don't do keto. We do intermittent fasting. She's like, what? And so then we told her all about it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's interesting how you it does come up in daily conversation. Because people sure. bring stuff up. I mean, she brought it up, not us. She said works with keto. We're like, we don't need it to work with keto and let us tell you why. <laughs> That's the perfect kind of opening for me. Absolutely. Then she's like downloading podcasts and listening to Sherry's and that's so much fun. <laughs> so you share yours with people when if they ask, say, okay, listen to my podcast on the Fasting Highway. I have said that, Yes. And then I've also, you know, of course, offered to, you know, try to help people if they are struggling, just trying to get started. Coffee is such a hot button issue, right? And it it was for me too. This is funny. My husband's love language is buying, used to be buying me different flavors of coffee creamer. Like that, just, just to experiment. He would come home and he'd have like four bottles of like all the different flavors and he doesn't even drink coffee, but he just, ser- he serves me that He's way. Like, he just Paige is going to love this one. Yes. Like Girl Ooh. Scout cookie or something, right? Yes. yes. And I did. And I, I loved them all and they were, you know, delicious. So switching to that, that black coffee was, it was a hurdle. I did use the little pink Himalayan sea salt trim, that little trick, just a couple of little sprinkles in my cup. I used it in my cup after I had brewed it because I wanted to taste it first to see, to see, to see yeah. like how it was tasting that day. Um, and now I am kind of on an Americano little kicker. I got an espresso maker. And so yeah. I make my own little Americanos and they are delicious. So I now see that coffee can taste good without flavoring because I'm actually tasting the coffee. You're ex- enjoying the coffee. And, you know, I like to think about it as you know, all of us have been down like the coffee aisle or in a coffee shop and smelled the aroma of the coffee when when it was being ground or roasted or brewed. If you love the smell of coffee, you can drink it black. I just told my son that yesterday because I 
that. And he's 16 and he doesn't obviously drink coffee, but he said, oh, I just don't like the way that smells. Then he probably won't like coffee. I know. I said, okay, well then you're probably not going to drink it for the rest of your life. And that's okay. Yeah, Our son, Will, the, um, the younger one, he's 22. He started drinking coffee in high school and he started with black. So it was like, it was so easy. He just started drinking a black. So that is the beauty of the one thing, even though Cal and his wife, Kate, they don't do intermittent fasting at this point, but they drink the black coffee. So it's just easy peasy. Yeah. Well, they they won't have the battle that the rest of us have had if they ever decide. Yeah. With the coffee shop on every corner. (laughs) (laughs) You know, is there anything else that you're struggling with right now, other than just the struggle of the sugar and the whether or not to do IDF? You know, I think just sort of reprogramming my self-image, right? And kind of what I think I look like versus what I actually look like. I think I've heard you say this before as well. Like I never saw myself as as big as I was. Right. You only see it when you see a picture of yourself. Yeah. And then you go, oh, that was a terrible angle. Or, (laughs) oh, that page, that dress was not cute. (laughs) Like, it looked cute in the mirror when you walked out the door, but it did. Or I always just said, oh, well, that just didn't photograph well. Right. right? The Mm -hmm. lighting was bad. And ironically, we're recording this, what is it, July 12th? 12th. Yep. Um, So 4th of July was just a couple weekends ago. And someone took a picture of my husband, and we were in the pool. And I was a few feet back. I was not, I didn't know the picture was being taken. So, you know, I was just kind of like one of those randos in the background, but I didn't think I looked big. Yeah. And I was in the pool in a, in a bathing suit. And I have this summer worn a two-piece bathing suit for the first time since I was in high school. That's awesome. I thought, oh, well, okay. That's not bad. Love it. It made me feel good. And I felt that way, even though I'm not at my goal weight, I haven't seen it. I'm carrying as of today, those extra eight pounds that I don't want, but I still was okay with seeing my reflection and seeing that change body in those pictures. That's awesome. That is such a great feeling. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? My advice would be to forgive everything that has happened before you started intermittent fasting and really try to process that. Process the feelings that came with the shame, if there was shame, around diet failures, body image, bad habits that you've sort of maintained through your whole life. And just know that this is a different path. It will feel different. It will be different. And there's a lot of grace and forgiveness in choosing to do intermittent fasting because you're giving your body time to do what it was actually designed to do. I just think grace and forgiveness and and moderate and figure out what works for you and eyes on your own plate. Definitely. <laughs> Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Like I feel like I've shared today, like I, I am tweaking. Right. I am looking, I am looking at literally my own plate. What am I eating? How is it serving me well? Is this the choice that I need to be making? Not because 
I want to be skinny, not because I have some arbitrary number that I want to get to, but because I know I can feel better. I can feel better than I even feel. And that's what I'm. And feeling good is a powerful motivator. Yes. Well, Paige, thank you so much for telling your, your story today. And I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.